Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Hey, everyone. We're going to kick off a big episode tonight. This is going to be College Bowl Mania on our episode tonight. Uh, That's going to be a big portion of what we talk about. Of course, uh, lots of other sports stuff going on. Uh, Tom, kick us off with our agenda for the night. All right, we're going to talk about last weekend, go over last weekend's picks. We're going to talk about the NHL season that's just been announced, kind of how that's going to work. We're going to preview some of the biggest bowl games. And then we're going to do our Bull Mania picks for this week. We're going to pick from tonight all the way through, I think we decided, uh, Wednesday next week? Through Wednesday next week, the 30th, I think it is. Yeah, Yeah, the 30th. And then we're going to do our NFL preview, including a look at the current playoff picture. And then we're going to get into our NFL picks of the week. All right. Let's jump right in, Tom. Uh, Talk about, you know, what stood out over the weekend? What did you see that... Uh, to me, I saw the gap between Alabama, Clemson, and everyone else. Yeah, Clemson, I know a lot was made of Trevor Lawrence being out the first time they played Notre Dame, but I think you saw in this game it was more about the defensive players they were missing. The defense was able to keep Notre Dame's run game in check, and because of that they were able to kind of flex on them and just you know out-muscle out them in the middle and... You just see the biggest gap between Clemson, Alabama, and everybody else in college football. And according to Dabo Sweeney, that also includes Ohio State. Yeah, that was an interesting thing. They uh, released where Dabo Sweeney uh, voted Ohio State. He voted them number 11 in his final coaches poll. If you're talking about bulletin board material, that that will pretty much do it for Ohio State. And Ryan Day is not going to have to do a lot to get his boys... Extra excited. Not that in the playoff you're not going to be super motivated anyway, but... Um, yeah, I mean, a slight like this may put a little extra, a few extra reps. Maybe these guys, you know, cram a little bit harder for the game. It really could have a, you know, I don't know how much of a tangible effect, but I, w- I would imagine it has some sort of effect. Yeah. But, you know, if you're Dabo, you come out, you win the game, you go, told you so, and then walk away. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all there for them still. So And Tom, when you saw... The outcome of the... I mean, Alabama, they played kind of a tight game there against Florida. Florida yeah. was able to move the ball on them a lot. Is Alabama vulnerable to a team like Clemson? Yeah, I mean, I think Clemson can beat Alabama. Clemson's the kind of team that can win because they can run the ball, they can throw the ball, they can pick up first downs on third and long. They can make big plays down the field um, on offense to keep that defense um, I think the bigger thing is, can Alabama, can you slow down Alabama's offense? I mean, that becomes a, a really big challenge. They, they look so dialed in offensively. Yeah, they've been super sharp, and yeah. it's been tough to stop them for anyone that they've faced. So if we get a Clemson-Alabama national championship game again, I would expect that we could be in for a really good game. Alabama will probably be favored by, you know, more than seven point, more than a touchdown. Yeah, it's going to be a great... I mean, that leads us to the next question. Did the playoff committee get it correct with these four teams? I think so. I I don't think there... There's nothing that stood out to me that says, you know, you you needed to go with this person or this team or that team. I don't think that Cincinnati deserved to get in. I don't think that 
there was anything that told me that we should have seen like Texas A&M in over Notre Dame or anything like that. So yeah. I, I don't see anything that they really missed. Unfortunately, right now we're in a world of chalk in college football. It's really three teams Boring. and then one other one. You yeah. know, and who's that other one going to be? And that's kind of what I wrote down here. I'm not sure if it, this really does any favors for college football as a whole, having these teams like Clemson and Alabama who are just so much better than everyone else. And, you know, really that's been the same way for the last five years in college football. Um, does it take away a little bit of the fun of the college football season, uh, some of the fun of the playoff? It's just, you know. Yeah, it's – I mean – I think that an expanded playoff would bring some more excitement to me. Yeah. Because right now you don't have any opportunity for a Cinderella story, a team to pull a big upset. And chances are most of these teams that are like 12th or, you know, 8th best in the nation, Mm -hmm. they're not going to have much of a chance against an Alabama anyways. But... You know, a chip in a chair, right? Yeah, I think... Give these people a seat at the table for something fun and exciting. And, you know, if, like, a 12-team playoff, you'd be looking at three weeks, you know? Oh, it, yeah, let me uh, Well, I think the uh, the argument for an expanded playoff is Oklahoma. You have an Oklahoma team who had its uh, kinks to work out in the beginning of the year. They were 1-2. and two. They've rattled off, was it, seven, eight wins right now. They've won the conference championship. They're as hot as any of these teams. Yeah, but they're they're so they're outside looking in. They had no shot, and now they're six in the nation. I mean, are you telling me this team can't you know right raise hell against Clemson or Alabama the way they've been playing the last few weeks? Yeah, I, I absolutely think they could, but they don't even get a chance, you know. Uh, so it is what it is. I, I do think an eight team playoff would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, twelve team I've seen that where the first four get a bye even so. There's lots of different things you could do. They have to want to do it, and I think part of the reason they don't is this arrangement still allows them to keep the bowl complex going, and that's such a money maker for them. Uh, so I think there's a way they can make it work. Still, it's just you know you gotta you gotta be creative with it, and it there's a lot of frustration around it from people at times. Yeah, but let's be honest, we're getting the best team winning the championship every year right now. Absolutely. So isn't that the ultimate objective is to get the best team to win the championship? Yeah. You know, and, and they've got to do it through two games now instead of what used to be just one game. Yep. So, you know, there's more opportunities there. I, I don't have a big complaint about the, the playoff no, system currently, um, but I just would be super excited for an expanded playoff system. Yeah, I'm just greedy. More games, more fun. Yeah. I'm greedy. I want more. Give yeah. me, you know, why, have two, or why have three playoff games when I can have double that? So, What about your NFL weekend? What did you think about it? Um, NFL not bad, although my Pittsburgh pick's looking a little rough as we're uh, recording here. It's Monday night, and the Bengals are up 10-zip on the Steelers, who look like have just fallen apart um, as, as we're watching. Yeah. Uh, some interesting outcomes of games. I think, obviously, the biggest one is the Jets upsetting the Rams and just ridiculousness, and now they're no longer in the number one seed or number one draft pick spot, and Jets fans being pissed that they got the win. Uh, I've went in through this years ago when the Bills end up getting Darius when they're they're like 0-9, and I was rooting for them to win. I know it was better to lose because we could get Newton or Von Miller, but I didn't want to go 0-16. I just, yeah. as a fan, come on, kid, let's get one. Yeah. So. 
And Cam Newton didn't. I mean, he went to one Super Bowl and lost, so it's not like you no, missed out on a franchise-altering player there. And they've been good sooner, at least. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, a couple other games. Let's see here. Uh, Buffalo with a big win against. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, a, a, another step forward. You know, to, towards getting this two seed, uh, which is vulnerable for Pittsburgh. Um, which. By the way, was my lock of the week. You know, Buffalo taking down Denver this past week. Yeah, and they didn't leave anything up for chance in that one. So, well, just, just come on, guys. I know situation. You can talk situational spot a lot in football, but sometimes, you know, it, it's it's all about the Joes on the field. Yeah. You know, and and those guys, they just had so much more talent than Denver had on the field defensively. Those those players on defense for Denver, they were down to three corners, and Buffalo runs so much four wide and five wide that there was no way they were going to stop that Buffalo offense, and uh, seemed seemed like a gimme to me, and turned out that way. And then we have some interesting stuff too with uh, Houston failing to beat Indianapolis with a fumble inside the five to end the game two. Two out of the last, what, four weeks? Two out of the last three weeks, isn't it? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, two out of the last three. Unbelievable. So close, yet yeah, can't close that game. Felt good about that one, too. That was my money line play of the week and my only loss in the NFL. Um, yeah. You know, we did, oh, we did, we lost the consensus pick um, with a backdoor cover by the Saints. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. I, on game day, I bet Kansas City minus three, so I pushed that, which, you know, sometimes it's better to wait on those numbers, especially after the news that Drew Brees was going to play popped. Yeah. Uh, that allowed it to drop to three and uh, save, saved me a push instead of a loss. Though I feel like if Taysom Hill was playing quarterback, that three and a half would have been easy money. And that was our perception when we made that yeah. pick. So. Get on it before it goes up. Yeah. Let's talk some hockey. Yeah. So the NHL has reached an agreement to play a season. They're going to play a, a watered-down 56-game season. Um, training camp starts right away January 3rd, so they're... They're going to give them the holiday off and get right at it. Uh, regular season starts January 13th. There's no preseason games. January 13th through May 8th, the regular season will run. They've split up the divisions as well. There's going to be four divisions, three of them in the U.S., one in Canada. The Canada division is going to be the North Division. Isn't that – weren't they saying the Canada division was – all going to be played in the U.S., though, or have they reached yeah. an agreement with Canada? It seemed like they were still going to have to play in the U.S. last I saw. Yeah. Um, I know they were still trying to work out some of that. And then, So you have six teams in the North Division, and then they have an East, Central, and West Divisions with eight teams each. So the way this will work is that you're only going to play your own division. So in the three divisions with eight teams, you're going to play each team eight times, so 56 games. And in the Canadian Division, you're going to play... Some of the teams 10 times and some of them 9 times just to try to limit the traveling is really the big thing here. Um, oh, my goodness. The the Steelers are terrible. Right? Big, are, oh, my goodness. They are awful. They're, they're such a bad football team. And they're dirtbags. Yeah. They're going to lose this football game outright. and It might not be close. The funny thing is you watched all the Steelers fans everywhere talking about how great they were they're 11 and 0 they're 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 we're gonna go undefeated blah 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 blah. now 
You're going to lose your third straight game coming down the stretch here, they're gonna presumably. Have to, they're going to have to play for the division the last week of the season. These Browns are not going away. Yeah. This is crazy. Um, so, hockey. Uh, what will happen is the top four teams in each division are going to advance to a playoff. Um, in the first two rounds, you will play the teams in your division. So, one will play four, two versus three. And then the winner of those two rounds will play each other. The winners will then be reseeded. The final four teams will be reseeded based on regular season points. And you'll have your final four for the hockey. So, you know, it seems like every league's just doing what they can to try to, you know, make seasons happen and get guys out there and, and get a product available for people. And, you know, they're, they're doing what they can with a shortened season. And, you know, the NBA's already going and... We'll see how that goes with some of those guys having very short turnaround in the NBA. Yeah, very short. So now, <clears throat> you know, obviously just a, just a little NHL tidbit there for you guys. Yeah, so that you kind of know tuned. what's coming. Yeah, it'll be fun as we get a little deeper into the season. And uh, we decided to forego the NBA talk that we had on the docket for tonight initially uh, so that we can give you College Bowl Mania which is going to be... I didn't check the total number of games that we had here, Tom. Well, it's changing by the hour, so... Yeah. Um, Good news, Army did get a bowl game after Tennessee had to pull out of the Liberty Bowl. Uh, So it'll be West Virginia against Army, which should be a fun football game. I like it. I'm I'm glad Army... That worked out, that Army's going to get the opportunity. So let's take a quick look at uh, the picks that we are going to provide for the college bowls and then we'll give a a quick highlight or overview of the big bowl games um, that are coming up next week we'll be doing all the bowl games from new year's eve on including the college football playoff and these ones are we're just going to do the ones between now and our next pod basically here absolutely make sure we get these ones out there because there's a lot of a lot of interesting games here maybe not some of the bigger names in college football in the first week but you always get some interesting matchups, so get us started, Kev. We have some, uh, yeah. some I mean, we had some I action have, today even, but. I think I'm going to have uh, four picks here rapid fire for you in the first four games coming up here. Let's um, roll. So let's take a quick look here. Let's start tomorrow, I believe it is. Yeah, tomorrow there are two games. Uh, Nevada, oh uh, plus two and a half against Tulane, and it's 17 nothing Cincinnati. Uh, with 4:20 left in the first half, this is unreal. <laughs> that's that's crazy right now. I guess Cincinnati plus 14 and a half was money in the bank. Um, <laughs> Nevada uh, plus two and a half, um, taking on Tulane. So my pick in this game, I'm going to go with Nevada. I'm going to take the two and a half. Um, Tulane struggles against the pass against the pass heavy offenses. Uh, you can see that if you look back at their record this season. Uh, Nevada is solid against the run, and uh, Tulane runs the ball on more than 60% of their offensive plays. I'm going to take the team catching two and a half, and the matchups of the two teams look to favor Nevada here. So uh, let's take the Wolfpack. Go Wolfpack. Uh, Next up is uh, BYU, and uh, BYU is taking on UCF. uh, UCF. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with BYU minus the 6.5. And, and I know that's kind of a big number here because UCF can score. But here's the thing. BYU has a, a really good pass offense, and the UCF defense is really bad against the pass. 
those two things combined, I think Zach Wilson is going to have a monster day for BYU. I think you're looking at uh, BYU's defense will make enough plays to get some stops against UCF. And I think BYU is just going to chuck it all over the field on them. Yeah, I think this game's one of the first ones that are really, to me, is intriguing, fun to watch. You got a really good team from uh, BYU. And as you were saying, UCF defense, 119th against the pass in yards per game. Yeah. And Wolf. Yeah, when, when you're looking at something like that, it's, um, it, it's so hard. If you just look at the game and the spread and you think about, oh, two teams that score a lot, you know, UCF scores a ton, six, and they're getting six and a half points. But when you find that matchup situation like that, that's where you have to try to take advantage. Bowl games are also a lot about motivation. Um, BYU is still going to be motivated, even though they, they suffered the loss to Coastal. Yeah. Um, they're going to be motivated, excited to get out there on the field. And um, I think they're going to they're gonna put it on UCF. Yeah. Next up, I've got uh, Georgia Southern against Louisiana Tech. Typically, Skip Holtz is really good in bowl games, uh, and he's getting five and a half points here. However, I'm on the other side of this game. I'm going to take Georgia Southern minus the five and a half. They played a much tougher schedule, and their biggest loss of the season was to an undefeated Coastal team by 14. They're really a solid football team that's been kind of overlooked. They played a lot of teams really tough this year, and they won a bunch of games. So give me Georgia Southern against Louisiana Tech team that's just a little bit down this year. Um, even though that program's you know pretty competitive typically, Georgia Southern minus five and a half. And then uh, my last one before I turn it over to Tom to make a couple of picks here. Um, FAU plus eight. Um, I question the motivation of Memphis here. Memphis is a team that's been you know competing for conference titles year in and year out. Um, they had a coaching change this year, obviously with Mike Norvell going to Florida State. They had a bit of a disappointing season. I think they had three losses on the year. I think FAU can just do enough to stay close. Memphis has really struggled on defense. Um, that tells me that maybe FAU can get some points, hang in there, take the eight points with Florida Atlantic, a more motivated team, a team that's more excited about being in a bowl game. All right, so I have Marshall versus University of Buffalo. Uh, you got a couple of teams who just fell short of their conference championships, Buffalo and the bowl game. Marshall, who all had to do is win their last regular season game to get in there. They uh, lose out there as well. Christmas Day, too, right? Yeah, Christmas afternoon. Wait a minute, I got Christmas Eve still. We we skipped, oh. we skipped my Christmas Eve game. All right, yeah. Oh, Hawaii. Hawaii. Hawaii versus Houston. So... Houston is a high-flying offense. Hawaii's played best against the teams that are the high-flying offenses. Uh, they played Boise State. They lost by eight. Um, they kind of hung in there with San Jose State, lost by 11. They're catching 13.5 in this spot. They run it surprisingly well, and they have a top-20 pass defense in the, NF- in the NCAA. So, you know, those two things combined, Houston likes to throw the ball. They have a, a really good offense, but I feel like maybe Hawaii is just going to be really excited to be here. Um, Todd Graham has, has done a decent job with this Hawaii team. So I'm, I'm going to take the 13.5 with Hawaii. All right. Now we're on to Marshall and Buffalo, your Christmas Day special, 2.30 on ESPN. You know, put those, put those kids down for a nap. They got up too early. 
Let's watch some college football here. Uh, and it should be an interesting one. We have the number one rushing offense in college football with the UB Bulls averaging 310 yards rushing a game versus the number two rush defense in college football with the Marshall Herd. 88.9 yards a game allowed. Uh, this, on paper, seems like a very fun game. Marshall, a great defense. UB, an explosive run game. You got some interesting things. Uh, UB is 1-7 against the spread in their last eight. Um, uh, what am I trying to think of? In their bowl games? Or? No, 1-7 in their last. Uh, well, i got to come back to the stacks. I know it. Marshall 7-1 their last eight bowl games. Um, oh, neutral field games. UB's 1-7 in their last, <laughs> against the spread of the last uh, eight neutral field games. And now you have this coming out that Jared Patterson's going to be questionable. Obviously, that's something to keep an eye on. But if he's not able to go, uh, which is what you're leaning towards right now with the injury just sustained this week, i got to take Marshall plus the 3.5 against a UB team down there. They're easily their most important player. Yeah. Uh, if Patterson's a go and seems like a full go, that may change, and I think you'll see that change in the line at that point. Um, next, I have South Carolina versus UAB. It's, it's a very interesting game because South Carolina is the 97th in offense in, in college football. South Carolina is 105th in defense in college football. South Carolina is 2-8 and eight this season, only 1-4 and four against top 25. But that one is more than UAB's one. I have South Carolina plus the six and a half. UAB's only played one really good football team. That was Miami, and they got beat up 31 to 14. I think you see a South Carolina team with a coaching change. We've talked about this a little bit um, amongst ourselves here. South Carolina, coaching change, a chance to play an easier opponent than they're used to. I mean, all 10 games this year were in the SEC. That's tough sledding for a mediocre team. So give me the mediocre team plus six and a half as well. It's not like you need them to win. Uh, next is a very fun game. Liberty and Coastal Carolina, they were supposed to play each other recently. Game got canceled. BYU stepped up. We all know what happened there against Coastal Carolina. Um, I think Coastal's played the tougher schedule of the two. You have Liberty, the number 15 offense in the country, versus Coastal's number 27 defense. Coastal's 27 offense versus Liberty's number 7 defense. And I think the Hugh Freeze audition continues with another impressive performance. I want the six and a half in this game. I think you have two teams that are both really good, both really coached very well, both are going to be ready to play. So I want the six and a half points with Liberty. Very nice. I'm on the same side on that one, by the way, Tom. I like that. I like that play. Um, continuing on December 26th, Saturday the 26th, there's four games that day. Not a lot of big name games, right. but you know, there's four games still going on there. Um, to the first responder bowl, UL Lafayette, or Louisiana as they prefer to be, uh, <laughs> as the proper nomenclature at this point. <laughs> uh, Louisiana minus 13 against UTSA. Uh, so here's the situation. UTSA has played in one bowl game in their, in their history. Lafayette, this is kind of becoming old hat to them. Um, they didn't get their rematch with Coastal that they wanted. Yeah. I'm not sure that they're going to be very excited again. They wanted a bigger bowl game than this. They're playing a UTSA team that's, you know, not not a great football team, but um, UTSA is catching 13 and going to be very excited to play. Louisiana's record is very impressive this year. 
Obviously, not, I think they're nine and one. The only loss by three to Coastal. Um, but this is just a pure motivation play for me. I I really think that UTSA is going to be super amped to play here. Um, and Lafayette hasn't won by a lot of margin in games this year. They haven't gotten a ton. They haven't blown a lot of teams out. So I'm going to go ahead and take the Roadrunners plus 13 in this situation. Yeah, I'm still really bummed we didn't get to see that rematch last week. I know. By the way, it's still very frustrating. It's still yeah. fresh. Yep, it's tough. So next up, I have Georgia State against Western Kentucky. And I'm going to take the Georgia State Panthers minus the four against Western Kentucky. Sometimes you just got to look and see who the better team is. And in this case, it's Georgia State. They have, they've played better competition. They have better wins. They have tough losses to really good football teams. And, you know, they laid one egg this season against a really good coastal team. You're allowed to have that happen. Yeah. Uh, give me Georgia State minus the four. I think they win this game. Uh, both no, no real motivation edge in this game. Both teams are going to be excited to play. Uh, give me the better football team in this spot with the Panthers. And then, next up, I have Oklahoma State and Miami. Um, two pretty good football teams. This is a fun game. This one is on uh, December 29th. Yep, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, 5.30 p.m. A Tuesday, 5.30 p.m. game. That's right about when we'll be recording this yeah. podcast next week. That'll be good. Uh, so, 5.30 for that game. Then there's another game at 9 o'clock that night that Tom will yeah. talk to you about in a minute. Um, so... I'm going to talk to you about the Oklahoma State Cowboys because I trust Mike Gundy to have his team ready. I trust that Oklahoma State defense. Certainly don't think I can trust the Miami defense after this performance that just took place. Um, I don't know if Derek King is going to be playing or not. I haven't heard about an opt-out or anything. But I just like the competition that Oklahoma State has faced. I like how tough that they've played a lot of teams this season. Um, give, give me the Cowboys. Minus the two to take down Miami. The Cowboys have broke my heart this year. I was, as we know, high on them coming into the season and some, some tough losses, you know, the the big one being the overtime loss against Texas. I think that really derailed them. Then, you know, you could manage losing at Oklahoma. That, that happens, but, man, what could have been. Yeah. All right, so I have the Alamo Bowl. And Texas is playing in the Alamo Bowl. Texas is minus 11.5 versus a Colorado team who had really a, a surprising see, small season, but 4-1 and one in a small sample size season. We got Texas has should have a very large edge when they're on the uh, the offensive side of the ball. They're the number 22 offense in, in football yards per game. Colorado, middle of the pack, 45 on defense. So they should have a big edge, but they also have a deficit on defense. I think when you look at a couple things Texas has going for them, is Sam Ellinger is going to want to go out a winner. I, I really do believe in that kind of stuff. But the 64th scoring defense in the country allows Colorado to hang around. Give me the 11 and a half. Texas's defense is not good enough to really give up that many points in a game against them. All their wins, if, if you look at their wins, their losses. They play close game after close game, except for when they blow out Kansas State. Everything else is close. One, 
two three overtime games this year for these guys. And Colorado gets the the, the prime time stage in the Alamo Alamo Bowl against Texas. I know it's San Antonio's not a long trip from Austin, but Colorado's going to be max motivation for this game yeah. and catching 11 and a half. I think they can do enough to hang in there with Texas. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would still imagine Texas comes out on top. Ellinger may even have a last minute drive to kind of end his his career there, but 11 and a half is just too many points in for them. All right. Let's go to the uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl. Wake Forest versus Wisconsin. W's are wild. Uh, we got a Wednesday, December 30th, and the noon, the noon start. Let's get her going early. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin, the number one defense, yards per game. Was, Wake Forest is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and what really stands out when you look at these two teams uh, is strength of schedule. Um, Wisconsin's had all sorts of problems. They play one game against Illinois, look great, roll them. Then they have all sorts of problems, have to cancel a bunch of games. Then they play Michigan, who's awful. They win. And then they lose three in a row, Northwestern, Indiana, Iowa, and then barely beat a Minnesota team in overtime. Wake Forest, on the other hand, has played all sorts of good football teams. They've played Virginia Tech, North Carolina. Uh, they've, Louisville's a solid team. They played Clemson. Uh, they've battle-tested. And one stand I, I said to Kevin here, Hartman, 1,900 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, only one interception. He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to turn the ball over. So, again, I want the points. Strength of schedule tells me that Wake Forest played much harder competition. Wisconsin's good, but Wake Forest with the points seems like the better play. Yeah, it's a, that's an intriguing matchup, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. it's strength for strength like we've seen a couple times already, you know. And here's one at 4 o'clock that same day. What a fun day at football. This is going to be on a Wednesday. Uh, you know, I can't wait to watch. Missouri and Iowa. Missouri catching 15. Did uh, the entire Missouri team get injured or catch COVID or something? I, I, I'm not really <laughs> sure what the deal is here. Um, I won't lay 15 points with the Hawkeyes. This is a very rudimentary <laughs> handicap from me. Um, but Drinkwitz and his squad are going to be super excited about being in this bowl game. They've had a nice resurgence this year. They've Their offense can be very explosive at times. Iowa struggles to get margin against everyone. Give me the SEC team that's that can score and is catching 15 points. So, you know, all of those things, I, I love it. I, I love Missouri plus 15 here. I can't imagine that line staying that big. No. And then my last game, I have the Cotton Bowl from Wednesday, December 30th, 8 p.m. We've already had a couple games to get you amped. Now we have the first real big, big game of the, of the college football season. Number seven, Florida. Number six, Oklahoma. And if this is not a tale of two teams going in opposite directions, of two teams going in opposite direction, you have Oklahoma who's been playing well, won seven games in a row, and Florida just lost the last two. Just seems like they're out of sorts a little bit. Um, Pitts has already opted out for Florida, saying he's not going to play. He's getting ready for the NFL draft. Um, it'll be interesting to see if between now and then we have more of those from the Florida team. Kind of seems like they don't they don't want a part of this game right now, and I think Oklahoma they they're building for next year still. They're gonna have some a lot of these guys back. Rattler should be back. They should be building towards next season. They have that you know let's win this game. Let this be the first game of next year, not 
not you know the ending of the season kind of mentality. So give me Oklahoma getting three points in this game. I think I'm going to play this on the money line. I think they win this on the field. Yeah, makes perfect sense to me. Uh, so that's going to be it for our college football bowl mania picks right now. Absolutely. Um, we're going to take just a moment here. We're going to step away. Come back, preview the NFL's big games this weekend, give you our consensus pick of the week, our NFL picks, um, our money line shots, and let you know what's coming next week. Uh, so we'll be right back after this quick break. We are back, and we're going to wrap up probably just a quick little 10, 15-minute segment here talking about the big games in the NFL this weekend. Tom, I think you've got the schedule right in front of you here. Yeah, first I want to go over some of the standings we have. Um, AFC sorting itself out as we speak here. Uh, Chiefs still locked in at one. Pittsburgh holding on to the two seed. If they lose tonight, uh, the Bills will take over the two seed temporarily as they hold the tiebreaker. Uh, Tennessee still holding off Indy at four. And then it gets really interesting. Five, you have Cleveland. Six, you have Indy. They're both 10-4. and four. The Dolphins hold the tiebreaker over Baltimore right now, so they're in at seven. And only two other teams alive in the AFC, Baltimore at 9-5, and five, and Vegas somehow at 7-7. Seven and seven. Obviously need some help. Baltimore and Miami would have to lose both of theirs, and Vegas would have to win both of theirs. They got a shot still then. Um, but that's it for the AFC. Not a lot of... All the teams still alive. NFC, different story. Packers at number one. The Saints are number two over Seattle, both at 10 and 4. Uh, then Washington is holding on to the NFC East at 6 and 8. Rams have a uh, tiebreaker against Tampa Bay with a head to head victory. So Rams 5, Tampa at 6. The Arizona Cardinals are at 7 and 8 and 6. The Bears are still alive at 7 and 7. Minnesota still alive at 6 and 8. And in the NFC East, everyone's still alive. <laughs> Cowboys at five and nine, Giants at five and nine, and Eagles at four nine and one. Bless you. So, Tom and I just hammered out a really interesting situation, particularly for those of you that are AFC East fans here. If Pittsburgh loses this game, down seventeen nothing in the third quarter right now, and they lose to Indy next week. Buffalo beats New England this week, presumably. That's going to put you with Buffalo locking up the two seed in the AFC because Cleveland can't catch them with the tiebreakers. Miami beats Vegas next week. That means they're going to go to Buffalo. Buffalo has a choice at that point. Try to beat Miami, and your prize for that is getting the Baltimore Ravens coming to town with Lamar Jackson or lose to Miami letting Miami come in and come right back for a second week in a row to play in Buffalo in the middle of January. Yeah. So I think that the the, cho- the obvious choice there is not to risk injuring your players um, for a potential matchup with the Ravens. Um, sets up great for me as a Dolphins fan here to see this stuff shaken out this way. Um, but can you imagine the motivational conversations that would be happening in the Miami <laughs> locker room if Buffalo laid down because they wanted to play them instead of Baltimore? That would be quite the interesting situation for division rivals to have back to be. I mean, it's happened in the past. But yeah. the Ben Roethlisberger has 19 yards passing in the first half. Oh, that's pretty bad. 
and 12 of them came on a check down pass just prior to halftime. On, on third and 19. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, ugly. So, big games next week. Minnesota, New Orleans will start us off on a Christmas day at 4.30. We just went over it. Minnesota's clinging to life here. Um, New Orleans needs to keep winning to keep pace. You have the big game Saturday. We were talking about this. Miami at Las Vegas. Las Vegas obviously can win and help themselves. Uh, really give themselves a chance there, but a loss and they're out of it. Uh, we have the Giants at Baltimore, which strangely is an important game at 1 o'clock. You have, I think, another big game at 1 o'clock. The Colts at Pittsburgh. We just kind of talked about that game and how the dominoes will fall from that. The Rams and Seahawks playing at 425 could very well determine the uh, NFC West as those two teams right now are um, separated by one game. The Rams already beat Seattle this year. They win again. They have the same record, but 2-0 against them. Eagles and Cowboys in an elimination game. Yes. And then Tennessee at Green Bay on Sunday night. What a fun game that should be. Uh, two teams that are both playing very well and leading their division. Should be a very entertaining Sunday night game for that. And Buffalo takes on the Patriots on Monday night football. So, um could be could be a very very nice slate there, Tom. Yeah. Um, and they're they're spread out a little bit, which is nice. Yeah. These games because of the the holiday weekend. So three games on Saturday, a game on Friday. Man, this is gonna be great. Yeah. And then when you put in all the college games around all these, like it's the best two this weeks of, fo- of football. Or, or the week sixteen, week seventeen of the NFL and the college bowl games. They always coincide, and it's always just so much fun to watch and. Just, this is glorious. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's jump in to our NFL picks. Three picks apiece, a consensus pick, and a money line shot. And just like that, Pittsburgh's on the board. 17-7. Here we go. Is Pittsburgh going to rally big in the second half? We'll see. All right. I'm going to jump right in with my first pick, Tom, since it's the Friday game, the Christmas Day game. I am going to go with the New Orleans Saints minus seven. Coming off a loss to Kansas City, Minnesota lost a game. For all intents and purposes, their their playoff hopes are likely dashed. Yeah. They need so many things to happen for them to be able to make it. Right. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in Kirk Cousins playing a game that's not at 1 p.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> um, I think that uh, the Saints offense will get it rolling. They'll get it right. Um, and defensively, I think that they'll be able to do a nice job against the run. Give me the Saints to lay the seven on that 4:30 Christmas Day game. Well, this lays in perfect because my first game is one of the Saturday games. Uh, the day after Christmas, I have the Cardinals and the Niners um, rematch of the first week of the season. If you remember the first week one, my money line pick was Arizona plus 200 something. Picked them, they they won. I'm picking the Cardinals again this time minus four and a half. They're at home. They're the better team. They're playing the better football right now. The 49ers look rough, especially on the defensive side right now. They're just not the team from last season. The Cardinals are able to score a ton of points. Um, beating the Giants and Eagles recently, where I know not much to get too excited about, but they're better at home as well. Give me the Cardinals to cover the four and a half. Absolutely, I like it. Um, your next pick, Tom? Next pick, I have a Sunday game, 4 o'clock. I'm going for two teams that are out of it. 
But one team is banged up, and I just saw get really taken advantage of, and the Denver Broncos. So I'm giving take, give me the Chargers minus three and a half against that really banged up secondary for the Broncos. And we've got it minus three and a half even money right now. So a nice yeah. bet. Yeah. So three and a half for the Chargers. Um, one thing that's interesting is the public is really heavy on Denver right now, which makes me like it even more. Give me the Chargers minus the three and a half. I think they're the much better team. They've obviously clearly the better quarterback. Herbert's having a amazing rookie season as far as that goes. Clearly they haven't quit on the season yet. Yes. The, you know, a win last week. They're, they're still going at it. They've actually won their last two after a really embarrassing showing in, against New England. They beat Atlanta, who's playing well, and they beat the Raiders in overtime in a game the Raiders desperately needed in Las Vegas. So come home, play a Broncos team that's just, they're, they're decimated in the secondary. Yeah. Yeah, totally understand that one. Um, all right, my second pick of the week, and it's a little struggle right now. Not all the lines are necessarily up. It's only Monday night, so, you know, you, you got to find opportunities here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and find an opportunity here, and I'm going to – I know this this doesn't sound exactly <laughs> like you want to do here. I'm, I'm going to lay 10 points with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against Detroit. So the Lions – the Buccaneers come off a really disappointing first half and a rally to beat Atlanta. I was on the Falcons. I was on the right side the whole way. Tampa looked really... Um, Out of sorts. Yeah, early in that game, they were not good. Yeah. But you know what? I think that they kind of had a wake-up call. And they're like, hey, listen, we got to put it together here. When they put it together, they run teams out. Mm-hmm. That's what I see happening here. A Detroit team that has no motivation at this point. The bounce of, of Patricia being gone is, is kind of wavered at this point. I'm not a big fan of what Detroit's got going, personnel-wise, overall. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and lay the 10 with Tampa here. Not something you'll hear me do often, but minus 10 points, Tampa Bay against Detroit. And my final pick of the week, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead here, and believe it or not, I'm going to lay a big number again. Oof. I'm going to lay 10 with Kansas City against Atlanta. I think that was a demoralizing second-half loss that they suffered this week. Uh, jumped out to a great start, had an opportunity. Now Kansas City goes back home, uh, still riding high, still needing to win football games at this point. That's not over for them yet. So win this game, clinch the one seed, with you know a week to go, they can be on cruise control the last week, not worry about getting anybody injured. I think Kansas City puts it on this Atlanta defense. I think their defense does enough getting pressure up the middle on Matt Ryan that he starts doing the Ryan shuffle back there, um, throwing it away. So I'm going to go ahead and take Kansas City minus 10. You know, the Chiefs' number one passing offense in football yards per game. The Falcons' number 31 against the, the pass. Yeah. Uh, I'm staying in this game. I'm taking the Chiefs-Falcons over 53.5. I think the Falcons are good enough offensively to score. They have the third-best passing offense. They're going to be able to put up some resistance. But, again, I, I like the Chiefs to pull away. When they pull away, they put up points. I, I really see this as like a, a, a 38-20 game, um, maybe 38-23, something in that area where the Chiefs score a bunch. But the Falcons score just you know just get to 21-24, and I think you're good. Yeah. Uh, but I love the over in this game. I think both teams can throw it on. It's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, I think, you know, it goes without saying, with these two quarterbacks, 
uh, combined, you know, 8,500 yards <laughs> passing yeah. this year. So yeah. we'll see some balls in the air. Um, my money line. I'm taking one of the bigger games of the week, and I'm taking the underdog in it because I think they do everything that you'd want a team to do. Give me Tennessee going to Lambeau plus 160. Packers are good. Tennessee's good. I just think if you're looking at value for a – when you're looking at money line picks, you have to pick a team that's good enough to win the game and gives you some value. The Tennessee's being doubted again on this. Three and a half is what the line is. I do not think the Packers are that much better than Tennessee. Tennessee gets on a roll. They are hard to stop. We've seen it game in and game out. When that team gets on a roll, they keep running the ball, keep holding, um, keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline watching Derrick Henry run the ball. And they need the win way more than the Packers do. Packers are pretty much in cruise control. It's just a matter of do they get the one seed or two seed at this point. So Tennessee plus 160. Yeah, and uh, you know that was the money line play I originally had. Um, so now I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of uh, up against it when I look at the lines that are available. So I'm gonna have to go way off the board here. Um, I'm gonna have to go with one that doesn't make a ton of sense, um, <laughs> but I need to fire one. I don't I don't like it. It's just what's best that's available to me right now. Whatever whatever comes of the Cowboys game, I would take them on the money line. I'll tell you that right now. They're plus one and a half, so there's nothing really up on the money line. But here's going to be my official mark-down money line play of the week. At plus 290, we're in a wacky COVID season. Something wacky just happened last weekend where the Jets gave away the first pick. They're going to get it back this week. Jacksonville's going to upset Chicago because Doug Marone's going to lose his job anyway. He doesn't care. He's not going to lay down. The Jaguars are going to do something weird. They're going to pull this out. They're going to beat the Bears at plus 290. So let's take the Jaguars. Let's take a stab on it. It's a pizza bet. Don't put much on it here, guys. Yeah. Throw 20 bucks on it and just watch the game and see what happens. You know, it's the, the 1 o'clock slate's not great on, on Sunday anyways. There's like three games, <laughs> four, four, maybe four or five games. It's, it's nothing really good. So, you know, Jaguars money line plus two ninety. Give yourself something to watch. Jags at home. Yeah, our consensus pick. Uh, we kind of went back and forth between a couple, and we landed on one: um, Seattle and the Rams. Huge game, four o'clock. I think it's the game of the week at four o'clock. Uh, you have two teams battling it out for the NFC West. We were talking about earlier. This may be decided right here. The Rams, if they win, are then tied. Seattle can pull two games up with one game left. What happened in the Rams-Seahawks game earlier this season, Tom? The Rams-Seahawks game, it was 23-16 to Rams getting the win. And how did those team stats look in that game? If, you, if we take a look at the box score, um, I'm pretty sure that the Rams kind of controlled things in that game a bit. Yeah, they had 33 minutes of possession time. They were, you know, outgained them 3 33 uh, the big thing was the passing defense against the Seahawks. Um, Seahawks only threw for 248 yards. Uh, Russell Wilson had two turnovers, uh, two interceptions, where he was pressured, had to get rid of the ball, was forcing plays. Uh, and, and this Rams team, after last week's embarrassing loss to the Jets. We're getting value here yes. at plus one and a half for the Rams. The Rams should probably be favored in this game. I think they've been playing the better football. 
excluding that Jets complete letdown. Was that not like the letdown spot of the year with the Seahawks game on yeah. deck? And then you're playing the Jets at home and you're like, oh, we can cruise control through this. We don't have to prepare. And now what's this week going to be about? Who do you guys think you are? You think you're so good that you can sit on cruise control and beat the beat another NFL team? I don't care who it is that walks in the door. Yeah. This team's going to work harder than any other team in the NFL this week. I truly believe that, and I believe they're going to be prepared and ready. I think you're going to see Aaron Donald just absolutely going nuts on people on Sunday. Yeah. I love this, the Rams plus one and a half here. Rams plus one and a half, that's going to be our consensus pick. You know, the thing I like about this one, it's not a – it's not a. This is not a scared pick. We were going for this. Is not a, a very popular pick right now. I think the most people are on the Seahawks. They have the name recognition with Russell Wilson, but I I think this uh this Rams team is pretty darn good. Uh, no matter what happened last week, I mean, they have the number one defense yards per game in football and the number eight offense in yards per game in football, and the Seahawks really are in a disadvantage on both sides of that. So yeah. It's. I, I think that this is. We're in the right spot here. Um, I. The. I'm very, very confident in this play, yeah. and I think that this is a play that's not going to be super popular with the public. But I guarantee you, the sharps are going to be on this play too. No, no doubt in my mind. So, L.A. Rams, baby. Yeah. Let's, Let's see go, McVay. Pull something. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap the show for this week, Tom. Next week. We got the big bowl games, the the, yeah. the best of the best, the college football playoff preview, our picks for the national championship. We've got the NFL action update. It's the, the second to last yeah. week. We're going to be previewing the final week of the season, yep. which can sometimes be kind of humdrum depending on how everything shakes out. But yeah. um, we're going to definitely go into um, a little bit of the NFL coaches that are on the hot seat going to the last week of the season. That's going to be our hammered take of the week. Got it. You got to preview Black Monday. I know it's not as popular a holiday as most, but yeah, around around our parts, we we do uh, like a couple of coaching changes. So we'll we'll definitely be previewing what we think should happen, what we think's gonna happen there. We're also gonna next week have a have an update on uh, the end. We'll finish our NBA preview and we'll make our playoff picks. Um, kind of give you an idea of what we see happening in the NBA. Um, you know, the NBA season is going to be kicking off, uh, this week. This Wednesday, week. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun looking forward to getting back next week. This is the best time of the year, baby. Who doesn't love the holiday season with all this football action, NBA and NHL getting ready to start up. We've got college hoops getting fired up. Uh, lots of fun stuff going on. So a lot of good sports. We'll be back next week with more action, more gambling, more football, football takes, especially we're, we're, uh, we're as deep as you can get into football <laughs> stuff right now. So, um, looks like the Steelers are about to rally in this game a little bit. They got second and goal, uh, down 17 7. Still a lot of time left in this game. We'll catch you guys next week. Happy holidays, everyone. See ya.